Oh, ho, 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 baby, baby. It is NFL Week 7 over here at the DFS Army Fantasy Football Show. Of course, I got my guy, Mike Dickinson. I'm your host, Shane Seeley. And Michael Dickinson, it is going to be a trash heap this week in fantasy football. I don't know about you, Mike, but most of my benches in my redraft leagues, it's it's a whole lot of that, you know, like that gray where everybody's yeah, on yep. by this week or injured. Or they got, or, or they're out like a Roshan Johnson, second week in a row has been ruled out. So it's, it's been depressing, brother. But how you doing? It's been a hot minute since you've been on the show. Yeah, yeah, uh, good. I just saw we got a notification in one of our dynasty leagues uh, that uh, actually Al Sislowski runs it. Somebody just picked up Kyle Uzcheck. So that's oh where we're at. Week, week seven, we're in Kyle Uzcheck territory, baby. <sighs> this is pretty much how it's going to be. And this is, listen, some of our, uh, some of our takes this week are going to be, let's just say, not. It's going to be a six-week, six-team kind of buy show. Let's let's just say that. We got Jen in the house. What's going on, Jen? Thanks for tuning in. Of course, we got our guy, Brandon McBroom. What's going on, brother? It's going to be fire. But, Mike, before we get into the nitty-gritty here, let's just let's just set this table in terms of what the hell we're looking at so far this week. And listen, you know, spoiler alert, one of the better games on the slate so far was already played, and that was itself the Jacksonville-New Orleans game. Eh, you know, it wasn't bad. It, it, some decent fantasy production was output there. But, of course, you alluded to it. We got six teams on by this week. The Panthers, the Bengals, the Cowboys, the Texans, the Jets, and the Titans are all on by this week. So there's definitely some very fantasy viable players on by. And then on the injury front, dude, it's it's looking rough out there. You got, of course, CMC. He's been questionable. He didn't practice all week. It's not looking too hot, Mike. It's not looking too hot, so it's going to be what? The Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason show, assuming that CMC does indeed sit. Um, you got the nasty Raiders-Bears uh, Raiders game where both players are going to be sitting out. You're going to have a Taysen Bajant versus Brian Hoyer showdown. That's going to be nasty and disgusting. But there are literally three bright spots. Bright spots, okay? So overarching before we dive into our flex plays overarching premise here. If you have players playing in the Miami at Philadelphia game on Sunday night, that's a 51.5 over under Of course. We love that game. Um, the chargers versus Kansas city chargers can't stop anything. Now the key with Kansas city, Mike is going to be nailing down which wide receiver to actually start. And then nastily again, we're going to be talking about a lot today is green Bay at Denver. So overall looking kind of nasty, what are your thoughts on the slate this week? Uh, you said it right. It's an it's a gross, ugly, disgusting slate. The frustrating part about that CMC situation is that's the Monday night game. So you need to have a backup for him. Hopefully you have Elijah Mitchell or you have Jordan, you have Jordan Mason. So you're good if he sits. But like if you if you went zero RB or hero RB or any of those and you picked mm -hmm. up Mason and Eli Mitchell, hoping that you could throw them in in a spot start this week with CMC out. You're going to have to have an option. So you might be able to get a, like a, I think Brandon Powell is the third receiver on the, uh, on the Vikings that you could potentially throw in. You need somebody that you're going to be able to get points. I got, I got caught in one spot a couple of weeks ago where I had, I had Aaron Jones. I forgot to, I forgot to move him from a running back spot into a flex spot. He got, he was going to be out and I ended up having to take a zero. So it's, it's a, it's my own fault. It's from being in a bunch of leagues, but make sure you got those guys in the right spots. If you have CMC, get him into a flex spot this week. It doesn't mean that he, you have him ranked. You have your third running back ranked higher than him. It just means that it, you give yourself, it literally means you give yourself flexibility. You got him in that flex spot. You can take him out and you can put in somebody else in that game. Um, yeah. And beyond that, you know, you touched on it, the Eagle, I'm excited for the, the Eagles Miami game, both from a fantasy standpoint. Mm -hmm. And as an Eagles fan, I think it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Hopefully the Eagles bounce back a little bit. Their injury report looks pretty clean this week, although their safety's out. So God help us if they're starting safety's out, what that means for freaking Tyreek Hill over the top. So Oh, good you start man. all your Dolphins, you start all your Eagles. Um, yeah, and then we're going to talk way more than anybody should about this Green Bay Denver game. So you want to get into it? Let's get into it. <clears throat> but before we do here, um, more of a, a general comment. You know, thank God for Kamara Jen saying she started Ridley. Where the hell are we at? You you have Ridley in a few leagues. I mean, listen, we were pretty high on Calvin Ridley throughout most of the offseason. I'd say Brandon by far was the highest. I I admittedly have a bit of a blind spot after week one. I'm like, holy shit, how did I how did I miss this? But 
it hasn't looked too hot. Um, were we out on Ridley? Is he still? Um, is, say, say you're starting with three wide receivers, Mike. Is he a must start in three wide? Where you're starting three wide receivers, or is it still? It's at the point where he's a flex consideration. He's a flex for me. Like take the name off the back of the jersey, uh, which, which yeah. you can do, you can't do. I mean, that's a that's an owner that's an owner decision that you have to make. But like, if you take the name off the back of the jersey, he's somebody that's in flex consideration for you week to week. Maybe I have him. I'm in a spot where I had the option of I had to pick two two of the three. It was Rashi Rice, Christian Watson, or Ridley, and I took mm-hmm. I took Rice and. Watson over Ridley. And as of, you know, as we sit here Saturday morning at 11.08 a.m. Eastern time, that it looks like it was going to be the right decision. You know, Christian mm-hmm. Kirk is, I had a blind spot for Christian Kirk this summer. I thought it was going to be all Ridley. You know, we kind of, we followed that drumbeat coming out of camp and it was Ridley, 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 Ridley. And he had that, he had that great week one game. And then he just kind of, he's kind of gone away. He is, he kind of is what he was when he was in Atlanta with Julio Jones. And it's shocking that, that Kirk is the wide receiver one there, but it, Calvin Ridley's the wide receiver too. And it's gross and it, it's disappointing because we were so excited about him, you know, getting a second chance. He was ready to show out and he just hasn't. He just hasn't. And I mean, even on the season so far, you've got your 23% target share to Christian Kirk and 21% to Calvin Ridley. And then on the targets per route run, 21% for Cal or for Christian Kirk and 19% for Calvin Ridley. I think what's even more sad is that you think that with this somewhat consolidated target share, Zay Jones being out, like it would have been the Ridley and Christian Kirk show, and it really just wasn't. I mean, granted, it was a Travis Etienne week this week. You know, he he scored was it three weeks in a row now where he scored two touchdowns, which is pretty impressive for for Travis Etienne. But um, and then of course Brandon, <laughs> last, last comment on the on the Thursday night game. You know, Carr being pissed for most of the game gave him tunnel vision. I don't understand what's going on with with Derek Carr, man. Like he's calling out his, his guys, but it's like, dude, you, you got to be competent on the field before you're in a position to call these players out. So that that's too bad. And listen, actually I said last point on the Thursday night slate, Mike, but for those of you who are of course following DFS army at dfsarmy.com, we had not one, but two, they split the showdown this week, two DFS army members. They each took home a clean $81,000 and change from DraftKings. So, I'm kind of a broken record at this point, but DFSArmy.com, go check out some of our tools. Our flagship tool is, of course, the Domination Station. That is something, Mike, where if you just want to help us coach you, tell you which plays to make at your DFS lineups, easy. You can go. You can do multiple lineups. You can download the CFEs, uh, CSVs, excuse me, um, put them directly into DraftKings or FanDuel, or... We have a lot of tools where we have our, our cheat sheet slowdowns. We have a research station. We can look at usage for the players. We have Proptimizers, if that's your thing. We have the Air Yards tool. We have the Matchups tool, which is my personal favorite because it gives you a landscape. Um, it's all very nicely color-coded in terms of um, defense versus position. And it gives you a projection in terms of what the expected play um, is going to be on both DraftKings and FanDuel. So we have it for the people who want a lot of help. We have a people for who just want the tools and they want to build their own lineups. And guess what? We're printing freaking money. So let's get at it, Mike. Let's talk about our flex plays. He's my best friend. He's my pal. He's my homeboy. My rotten soldier. He's my sweet cheese. My good time boy. Oh, baby. Mike, who's going to be your first good time boy this week for NFL Week 7? I think my first good time boy it's actually me good time boys, plural. Yeah. Uh, I got to go. I got to go with the Denver backfield. Um, Javante yeah. Williams, Angelia McLaughlin. And you can see if you're listening on audio, Shane just made a face like uh, somebody oh. opened a three-day-old bag oh. of broccoli that's been sitting out on the counter. Um, and I get it. It's gross. It's not been pretty. You know, Javante's picked up. He's picked up those little nagging injuries here along the way. We had Samaj Perine. But what I, think, what I think you're seeing happen, I think you're seeing – the backfield settle into the roles that we always thought they were going to be settled into. Now, I will say that it seems like they're settling into opposite roles as we thought. I think when we opened the season, because of how aggressively the Broncos went after Samaj P. Ryan, we thought that P. Ryan was going to be the banger, and we thought that Javante Williams was going to be the pass catching back out of the backfield. He has that skill set. He's demonstrated that skill set. It's what he did um, when Nathaniel Hackett was there, um, and he was splitting time with Gordon. I think what caught us by surprise a little bit if you listen to some of the camp reports mm-hmm. everybody was 
everybody was saying on the beat there how good Julian McLaughlin looked and he was getting run and, you know, another undrafted guy that comes out and makes a roster and has an impact. I think what you're starting to see is you're starting to see that Denver backfield settle into what the New Orleans backfield was when Sean Payton was there. You're seeing Javante fill the Mark Ingram role. You know, the first and second down, the, you know, the four minute guy when they got to burn out the clock, the goal line guy. And you see Jaleen McLaughlin playing the pass catching role. He's not as big as Kamara and he doesn't quite have the Kamara skill set that does. It tips the hat a little bit when he's in there. He can still run, but it tips his, it tips their hat a little bit more. So I think that if you have either one of those guys, you know, hopefully if you're in a, if you, like I said, if you did a zero RB or you'd hear RB, you might have you might have Javante as your RB two. I'm starting him in some spots this week as an RB two because mm. I have to because of bias injuries and because of draft strategy. But if you have either one of those guys, I think you can comfortably put them into your flex. You know, this is going to be the defenses are bad on this side of the ball. Each of these defenses have a number one shutdown corner, but beyond that, it's pretty freaking wide open. And we're, you know, we're going to talk about it a little bit more. Green Bay's Green Bay's defense front seven is atrocious. It's one of the it's one of the top top defenses in allowing points to running backs. So I think that bodes well for both of them. I think you can plug them into a flex and expect you know expect ten to thirteen points out of each of them and feel pretty good about it. Yeah, I mean, to your point, this is the third highest point total on the slate. And what we like is that it's a pretty even distribution. When you look at the implied team totals for each team, you got Green Bay at 23, you got uh, Denver at 21. And then, you know, spoiler alert, I'm going to be talking about the other, the, the other backfield um, across the field there. But you've got Green Bay is the 28th worst um defense against the rush to allow an average 143 rush yards and that's a pretty even split when you look at both road and away uh, excuse me road and home games and then on the other side of the ball you got denver who is literally the stone worst in terms of rush yards allowed so from that perspective it's definitely very very appealing and um, I'm, I'm not gonna chat about my player yet but i think the problem becomes is as much as these defenses are allowing points you just wonder how competent the offenses are going to be right. Um, although surprisingly in fantasy football, the Denver Broncos offense, other than the running backs have, have been somewhat surprising, I guess, you know, Russell Wilson has been somewhat productive in fantasy football, real life football, not so much. So it's, it's certainly something to be discussed. Um, I don't hate it. I don't love it, but guess what, man, when you're, when you're in this situation where we're dealing with tons of injuries of our starting players and, Six teams on by, you're gonna have to devolve down to the Denver Broncos backfield. Uh, we got a question here from the chat with from Brandon McBroom, Mike. So Ravens safety Marcus Williams has been ruled out. What do we think about JMO? So Jamison Williams of the Detroit Lions this week. Um, personally, for myself, I think that he is a flex two, right? Um, so obviously, last week was his first week back, and he had a decent game. But when you look at his target share, he was still only at 7.3%. You know, he didn't get a massive target share, but that massive, that, that long touchdown that he did catch, you saw that athleticism, the ability to adjust his body, come back on the route, catch the ball, make an athletic catch. And Jamison Williams was a player that coming out of college, I really, really liked. Um, people forget, but he got injured in the national championship game. He tore his ACL. And when that happened, his draft stock went from being one of the top wide receivers projected off the board to fourth or fifth. So it was definitely a situation where injuries plagued him. Um, it's still the Amon Ross show. I mean, on the season, he's got a 26% target share. Last week alone, 37%. That is elite. But you could do a lot worse this week, dude, um, with, with Jamison Williams. What do you think? Yeah. Um, you know, the weakness, the weakness of the Baltimore secondary is their perimeter, is their perimeter corners. So you're getting Brandon Stevens and Marlon Humphrey. I mean, Marlon Humphrey's a name that we've known and stayed away from from a while, but that was a while ago and we've seen it. So are you taking are you taking the talent of Jamison Williams versus or the experience of a Josh Reynolds? Um, Josh Reynolds has disappointed a lot in the last couple of weeks here. Um, he yeah. showed out in the beginning of the season. He's he's down to Jag territory. He's just a guy. So I think if you're in a tight spot and you and you need 
you need the upside, then I think Jamison Williams is a great play. Both of these fronts in this game, the Detroit front and the Baltimore front, are extremely difficult to run on. So if you if you look at that and you extrapolate that out, it looks like Montgomery's not going to play. So you got Gibbs and Craig Reynolds, who Gibbs has Gibbs is underwhelmed. Craig Reynolds is the third running back on the Detroit Lions for a reason. I love Craig Reynolds. He's a he's a PSAC, a Kutztown guy. Love him. Love the story. He was one of the uh, Hard Knocks darlings last season. Um, but he's not David Montgomery. You look on the other side of the ball. Uh, the Baltimore running game has been atrocious. I think this is going to be a pretty pass heavy game. I think there's going to be a lot of production out of the quarterbacks in this game. So yeah, Jameson Williams. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, so Brandon is saying he's flexing Romeo Dubs. We may or may not be talking about Romeo Dubs a little bit later on the show, Brandon. Um, and then Patty's got a question here in the chat. We need to pick one of these quarterbacks for streaming. You got Jared Goff, Deshaun Watson, who he's trending towards playing, and the report yesterday is that he is expected to play. And then, of course, Matt Stafford. Who do you like out of this group? I think it's Stafford for me. Um, you look at that. You look at that Pittsburgh defense, and we'll talk about this game a little bit later. You look at that Pittsburgh mm -hmm. defense, the strength of that defense is the front seven. You look at the absolute mess that the L.A. Rams backfield has turned into seemingly overnight. It went from the Kyron Williams show to an absolute debacle. Zach Evans, Royce Freeman, Daryl Henderson, and Miles Gaskin. Like, woof. Who are you going yeah. gonna to put the game in their hands, or are you going to put the game in Stafford's hands and let him deploy it out to – to uh to cup puka and atwell um i think in that situation give me stafford over those two watson's been erratic even when he's been healthy and goff has been goff's up and down he's solid but i think that i think that when you're looking at it i think i have stafford a little bit higher yeah and we're both going to be talking about the uh the cleveland browns backfield later on um definitely deshaun watson would be third uh, of, of these players i'm kind of leaning goff man goff has looked very very good on the season he is averaging a pretty safe 19.8 fantasy points per game, which for a quarterback at this stage, like that's pretty safe. We love his weapons. We just talked about Jamison Williams in terms of a deep threat. But when Matthew Stafford is healthy, and all accounts are Matthew Stafford is healthy, that chemistry that he has with Cooper Cup is special. And I feel like of these two choices, Jared Goff or Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford probably is a much higher ceiling. Like if you, if you close your eyes and think, okay, which one of these guys is going to put up a 35 point burger and just have like Puka Nakua is going to catch a long touchdown. Um, Cooper cups going to get two touchdowns and he's going to have 156 pass or receiving yards. The most likely outcome is probably going to be Matthew Stafford. So if you're, I'm, I'm, I'm at the point where if, if you're a, a, a head in the projections here, I'm probably going to go with Jared Goff. I feel like he's just a bit of a safer play, but Matthew Stafford, Definitely has that massive upside um, that that Jared Goff just doesn't have. So that that's where I'm. Goff is on one. the road at Baltimore. That that puts it over the edge for me. Goff plays so much better at home than he does on the road, and especially outside on natural grass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be a good test for for Detroit as well, right? But I, I I see it, and then yeah, to your point, the Rams are at home. So yeah, I mean, if you're going to do tiebreaker, I think that that's a safe way to do a tiebreaker. But um, yeah, I still think Goff is maybe a bit of a safer play. But if you're worried about that Baltimore defense, then yeah, stay with Stafford. So I, I'm okay with either or. I'll, I'll, you know, let's make it easy. Let's just go with Matt, with Matt Stafford. Let, let's be consensus here. Um, <clears throat> okay, I'm going to talk about uh, one of my. Let's stick with that with that Baltimore game, okay? Because a player that I like a lot this week, he was on the thumbnail this week. I absolutely love Zay Flowers this week going up against Detroit. That game is sadly one of the higher over-unders on the slate with a 43 over-under. And Zay Jones is coming, excuse me, Zay Flowers is coming off of his first TD score of the week. I like it to continue the momentum. Um, and what I like is that both of these offenses, Mike, have shown the ability to actually put up points, which means this could be one of those shootout situations where the defenses just say, okay, let's just go. It could be a, a lot of back and forth. Again, another reason why I sneakily like Jared Goff in this game. Um, but in terms of the strength, uh, Detroit has been very stout against the run. They're allowing the fewest rush yards thus far on the season to running backs. And so how are you going to beat the Lions? It's going to be through the air. So I like him to get, you know, he's probably going to flirt, Mike, with double-digit targets, 9 to 11 targets this week. He's got a 28% target share in the season, a 23% uh, targets per route run. And I like the fact that he's got a 29% air yards share on the season. It's going to be a monster for him. I like him. He's going to be, 
I, I dare say he's going to be right around the wide receiver 12, 13, 14. So like a high-end wide receiver two, low-end wide receiver one this week. What do you think? Love it. Um, you know, we we had high hopes for that Baltimore passing game. Um, Lamar's been good, but when you look at the other pieces of that passing game, we had high hopes for Rashad mm-hmm. Bateman. We had high hopes for Odell Beckham coming back in there. We had high hopes for Zay Flowers. Um, we had high hopes for Mark Andrews. And so far, Andrews and Zay have delivered for you. The other two pieces, Bateman and Odell, mm-hmm. Odell's been hurt. Bateman's not been 100%. They've just looked meh. Um, you know, and I think that Lamar's got his guys and Lamar's rushing ability is still there. Is it what it was three years ago? No, but he's still one of the elite rushing quarterbacks in the league. So he'll take his first two reads. And if it's not there, he's not going to hang in the pocket. He's going to take off. So it seems like he's looking for Zay Flowers on his first or second read most most times when he drops mm-hmm. back. So yeah, give me Zay Flowers. Give me Mark Andrews this week and then fade the rest of them. Yeah, you you, you cannot play Rashad Bateman. You cannot play Odell Beckham, unfortunately. I mean, they're, they're solid players in this, like for NFL, like just to draw coverage away from Zay Flowers. But I mean, so far in the season, I mean, Zay Flowers looks like the top wide receiver in this class so far, right? I mean, he's he's looked apart all off season. He was kind of under the radar a little bit in terms of you know JSN higher pedigree, Jordan Addison higher pedigree, Zay Flowers though he balled the hell out in the Shrine game and he pretty much hasn't stopped. So yeah. Give me, give me all the Zay Flowers this week. Michael, give me your second flex play. My second. Um, my second is gross. Um, I think uh, Brandon McBroom alluded to it. My second is Romeo Dubs himself. Mm. Um, so, again, we've talked about this game. We've talked about where the over-under is. That's 40, it's, was it 43 and a half, 45, somewhere around there? So it's in the, uh, it's in the low to 45. 40s. 45. Yep. 45. Yep. So dubs, I know he posted a stinker. Last, he posted a stinker the last time they played, they, they, mm-hmm. they're coming off a bye. He posted a stinker against, against the Raiders, you know, one catch for four yards. But before that he gave you 18.6, 18.3, 18.5 in, um, in three out of the last four. So he had a, he had a tough game against Atlanta. I think that this game coming back, we talked about the strength of these two defenses. It's there. They each have per, premier perimeter cornerbacks so you look at um you look at on the denver side of the ball certain i think you're gonna see a shadow situation with certain and christian watson yep. does that mean you're benching christian watson probably not because all it takes is one pre- play from that guy it takes it takes a 60 yard touchdown and he's made your day um what I do think is that i think you're gonna see a lot of the first reads go to dubs so jordan love throws to his first read at a higher rate than any other quarterback in the NFL. So what you're hedging on this week is a game plan that caters to Dobbs and potentially even, you know, caters to Luke Musgrave to a lesser extent. You also look at who is uh, who he's lining up against. Dobbs is going is going to be going up against Damari Mathis a chunk of the time, and Damari Mathis just gives up production. He gives up um, 0.53 fantasy points per route per fantasy points per route run and snap and 0.52 fantasy points per route run and coverage. So the guy gives up production. Um, and you would expect that whoever is playing opposite Pat Sertain, right? Pat Sertain mm-hmm. is not going to get looked at a lot. Damari Mathis is going to get a lot of looks and just by the law of law of odds and law of statistics, he's going to get beat. So um, give me Romeo Dobbs. Yeah, I mean, you talk about who is Jordan Love's most trusted target. Some of the things we look at end zone targets, he's got 38% on the season, which is fantastic. And when you look at third and fourth down targets, 25%. That's, of course, from the Fantasy Life um, uh, Utilization Report tool, which free tool. I started using it a few weeks ago. Love the tool. Quick and easy way to just look at usage. And usage equals fantasy points in, in fantasy football, right? And Romeo Dubs, to your point, Superior matchup, and he's Jordan Love's by far most trusted target. I still am not sold that Romeo Dubs as an NFL player is anywhere above average, but the fact that he's got the trust of Jordan Love, that's what's most important, right? That chemistry. But um Jordan Love's got to show something, man. He he's had glimpses this season, but he's got to put it together for a full game. This should be the game where he does put it together. I mean, shit, like we're putting our names on the line this week for this game for both teams both offenses to show some some competence so yeah romeo dubs i'm okay with it it's certainly as a flex play if you had a choice say say you're a monster and you had both romeo dubs and christian watson on your on your squad and you can only start one who would you start 
think this I'll week I'd probably start dub. I'd probably start dubs this week. Yeah, especially in your PPR type leagues. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's the worst that's the worst uh, call in the world. Um okay, you know what? Let's uh let, let's diversify a little bit in terms of the games we're going to talk about. Let's talk about Jerome Ford going up against Indianapolis. Okay, so Deshaun Watson, we talked about at the start of the show, he is likely going to play this week. He's missed three weeks, two games, and plus their bye week with the shoulder. It worried me a little bit that he didn't practice and then he was limited um, to end the week. But reports are that he's going to start. And if they do start him, that's a good thing in terms of just managing that offense, the competency of that offense. But when you look at just where they're going to win, right now Indianapolis is just hot garbage going up against the rush. Jerome Ford this week. Um, I like the fact that he's got a 52% snap share on the season. We saw Kareem Hunt coming last week, and Kareem Hunt had the better fantasy week because of the touchdown that he got. But when you look at the usage... Ford still led that backfield. Um, Jerome Ford was a sleeper player that we were talking about at the start of the season. We, of course, love Nick Chubb. When he went down, um, we have Jerome Ford on a lot of our of our dynasty teams, Mike. I think both you and I do because we saw the potential. We liked his profile overall. And yep. you could definitely see this week where Cleveland is once again going to lean on their like their defense this year is historic. The amount of the just amount of uh, points against that they've that they've had so far this season, it's up there with some of the best defenses in history. So whether or not that will continue is still obviously to be seen. But for them to continue to actually go and be a playoff contender this week, especially with Deshaun Watson still recovering from that shoulder injury, which it is his throwing shoulder, they're definitely going to rely heavily on the run game this week. It's going to be Jerome Ford. It's going to be Kareem Hunt. I like of those two, Jerome Ford. He's been in the, uh, listen, there's a reason they had Jerome Ford on the team and not Kareem Hunt until, you know, Nick Chubb got hurt. Jerome Ford is going to lead the backfield. I like him to have a pretty good performance this week. I would, I dare say he's going to be an RB two just with the landscape of running backs this week, but certainly a flex consideration. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think you could potentially look at uh, numbers like he put up against Pittsburgh when obviously when Chubb went down, um, Ford stepped into that game. He went 16 for 106, 6.63 yards a carry. He went through four in the passing game for 25 yards. Um, obviously, Hunt peels away a little bit of that passing game work. Um, but yep. when you look at both, both running backs are relatively similar in stature. Ford's 5'10", 210. Hunt's 5'11", 216. So it's not like they both profile differently. They both profile as three down backs. So really what it is now is a, is a workload maintenance. I think it's probably two to one. You see, you see Ford stay in the two thirds. You see Hunt get one third. If you're desperate in, you know, between injuries and bye weeks and you got to throw Hunt in a flex, I don't hate it. Um, like like Shane said, he got that goal line. He got the goal line work. He got the touchdown last week. So, you know, you don't you don't have to watch the game. You just have to you just have to check the box yeah. score. You know, you're gonna you're gonna be sweating it out. But I think that I think that Hunt's a viable flex play. But yeah, I love I love Ford as an RB two. And listen, this is this is why you spent the money on him when when mm -hmm. when um, Chubb went down. Right, you spent probably half to two thirds of your fab on him. And you did it early in the season. So he's giving you some weeks of production. He's giving you, he gave you a little bit of disappointment. Um, you know, he's never really been, he hasn't been tragic. You know, that, that game, the, the Baltimore game, you didn't love, but I mean, he put up 11 points against San Francisco last week. So he's not, he's not laying duds, but I think, I really think this is the week where you see the, you know, the kind of, the kind of player that Jerome Ford can be, you know, we've, we've loved him. We've, we got him cheap in rookie drafts. He was a fifth round, fourth round guy, mm -hmm. you know, last, last year, two years ago, um, whenever he came out, I forget when he came out and he's just been stashed on taxi squad. So bring him up, put him in, flex him. You got him run with him. Yeah. The other thing too, that I didn't mention is that Kareem Hunt was dealing with the thigh injury and he only had a limited practice both Thursday and Friday. So, I mean, I think that's, you know, it's just an age thing, but the fact that he's, he's an older running back, he's already dealing with some injuries. Obviously, Jerome Ford had the injuries earlier in the season, but um, oh boy, Colts starting two rookie cornerbacks. Yeah, that 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 is that could be intriguing. The problem is, I'm not I'm not confident in that passing game. I did I did float the idea of of an Elijah Moore start, and and I'm actually considering do I start Elijah Moore or. Um, Deontay Johnson this week, just with Deontay coming back off injury. But I think without a doubt, it's got to be Deontay just to target share. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm frightened. Listen, as somebody who was very bullish into Sean Watson 
uh, in the offseason, Mike, and I had him ranked um, a, almost a full half around, uh, full round ahead of his ADP because I, I liked him a lot on my teams. I'm worried. I'm frightened that Deshaun Watson just is never going to be what he was, especially. Yeah, I just. Yeah, it's been. This this was supposed to be the season, right? Like he had the yeah. full he he showed glimpses of it at the end of the year last year. He had the entire offseason with the team. Everything was supposed to be behind him, and he just doesn't look right. I mean, this is this should be an offense for him. Look at the weapons that he's got. He's got he's got Amari Cooper, he's got Elijah Moore, he's got Njoku, he's got one of the best offensive lines in the game, he's got a strong running game, and he just doesn't look like he's processing well. He is nowhere near the same quarterback that we saw in 2020 in Houston. He's just not. So um, I almost made some real big deals in the offseason in some of my dynasty leagues for him. I'm, I, mm. I backed off it at the end, and there was a couple of drafts where I had the opportunity to get him or Kirk Cousins, and I hedged to Cousins most of the time. And I took, you know, I was nervous about it, but you know, looking at the way it's shaken out, it's, I, I, it's shocking and it's slightly disappointing. It's more disappointing for the likes of Amari Cooper, right? So we thought Cooper yeah. was being drafted as a wide receiver three, but somebody who could deliver you, you know, high end two, potentially back end one results. And he's been fine, but he hasn't, he hasn't been the stud that we thought he was going to be. Um, no, that said, he's been, he's been boomer bust. He's been boomer and he's been boomer bust most of his career, but I really feel like we thought that, you know, Watson was going to, Watson was going to zero in on him and what he was going to be Watson's guy. That said, I got a, I got a super flex situation where I'm looking at if Daniel Jones sits, I'm looking at Mac Jones versus Amari Cooper and I'm putting Amari Cooper in there. Oh, as a flex. Oh yeah. You can't start Mac Jones, man. It's just, especially against the Buffalo bills. No, 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 absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah, dude. Um, so nobody really gives a shit about my fantasy team, but too bad. I'm going to talk about it right here. So um, listen, we, we, we play to win the game, especially in our dynasty leagues where, and Alan Szeleski says it all the time, probably two thirds of the team uh, of the teams in your league are actually going to start, which means one third of the teams in your league aren't even playing to win that particular year. But I made a trade where I ended up changing CJ Stroud and Christian Watson to upgrade to quote upgrade to Deshaun Watson. So that trade in, in hindsight is looking pretty painful. Seemed like a good idea at the time. Hindsight is 2020. Yeah. But uh yeah, Deshaun, get healthy. Let's let's see something though, because that defense, man, that is a Super Bowl winning caliber defense. They just and they got they got the pieces on offense. Obviously, it hurts that they, they lost the job. But if if Deshaun can just put it together, get healthy, get that show that that throwing shoulder um all right, they could be nasty. They're a team that if they if you if you played against them in the playoffs, you would be uncomfortable that's the kind of team that they are this year that's the kind of, oh god mac jones why well, gotta why well, gotta hurt me brandon mac jones <laughs> might get benched again this week oh my god it's it's we're there we're there all right mike let's move on i can't talk about the patriots anymore give me your flex play all right give me another one so we are going to the nfc east and I'm uh -oh. sorry, we're not going to the Eagles Dolphins game. Uh, I got it ready. Nobody in that game is a flex play. That game is a started. Obviously, we're going to the Washington mm. Commanders and the mm. New York Giants. Uh, I'm going right to my guy Curtis Samuel. Uh, uh, he was not uh. he was not drafted high. Uh, if you draft him at all, he was a he was a double digit round guy. Probably you picked him up off waivers like I did a bunch of places after after week one. Three weeks in a row, he's put up double digit fantasy points. Um, He's getting looks, he's getting targets, he's getting yards per catch, um, and he has scored touchdowns through the last three weeks. The other thing that you like this week is that the New York Giants play man at the second highest rate in the NFL, and Curtis Samuel puts up all of his production against man. Cleveland plays at the highest rate in the NFL, but the difference is Cleveland actually has the cornerbacks to play man. Uh, New York Giants just don't have the talent in at the cornerback position. So I like Curtis Samuel a lot this week. Um, I would also throw Terry McLaurin there as a caveat if if you have him. Mm -hmm. You've been he's been he's been real scary this week. I think that you could flex him. I'm still expecting more from Samuel than I am from from McLaurin, though. Uh, just the way that Sam Howell's throwing, he's he's thrown he's not throwing a lot outside the numbers. He's thrown a lot inside, and it seems like he's he's looking he's looking Logan Thomas's way. He didn't so much last week, but he's looking Logan Thomas's way, and he's looking Curtis Samuel's way. Uh, thankfully for all of us who drafted him, Jahan Dotson is now going to be promised to be on the field more because he Stop. is holding for P8 for PAT field goal. What a disappointment oh, that was. Wow. Oh god. Oh my god. Can we just say 
that Ron Rivera needs to go. Coach, like, yes, we can. It's, it's got to be the coaching staff, right? Like when you have last year, ladies and gentlemen, Jahan Dotson was a first round pick and he was a touchdown maven when he was healthy. He comes back. He's barely getting playing time. He to Mike. I don't know. Like, so this is what Mike's alluding to this week in practice. Jahan Dotson was holding for the, for the kicks. He was a placeholder for the kicks. Okay. That's what he was practicing. So is he going to get to play on special teams? Not returning kicks, holding the damn ball. It's disgusting. Um, when you look at uh, Curtis Samuel as a whole, he has 179 of his slots, uh, of his snaps out of the slot. That's a 66.8% uh, rate. That's number seven in the NFL. That's where they're going to go. That's why he's dominating on man because he's been playing in the slot and he's been shifty as hell. Um, when you look at this game in general, Mike, um, some of the like that that secondaries we typically like to target are Washington and the New York Giants. So I love the idea, like New York, like okay, typically it's player receivers against Washington. Player receivers against Washington are going to put up a lot of points. I don't trust any of the New York Giants wide receivers, especially. I don't think Daniel Jones is going to play. He didn't practice all week. He's got he's got the neck issue. I think it's going to be another tie gudge uh, game, and it's going to be nasty. Uh, Curtis Samuel, man, he he is like a mushroom. He flourishes into shit. I I don't hate it. I was going to play. Listen, I was going to play the turtle alert sounder. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. No, you can't do it. Slate. Absolutely no. not. Samuel's legit. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. Oh, Brandon, Brandon's a Patriots fan. Oh, God, we can commiserate together, brother. Um, <clears throat> okay, so this is a question. You dropped Jahan in both of his leagues, and he thought he was a steal when he drafted him. Yeah, Jahan Dotson was going as a steal. Are we are we at the point now, other, other than Dynasty, with Dynasty, you're not dropping Jahan because things can change in Dynasty very, very quickly. You cannot roster Jahan Dotson, right, Mike? No, you absolutely can't. He's not, he's, he's a dead spot. Like, like I said, take the name off the back of Jersey. Um, yeah. Same thing with Ridley. You look at the stats, you look at what he's done. You look at his usage, you look at his target rate. And none of it suggests somebody that, especially when you have six teams on a buy, like he's not worth burning a roster spot on. Um, I would, at this point, if you, it doesn't, it doesn't exactly line up, but like, I would have rather rostered the Cleveland defense over their buy than kept Jahan Dotson yeah. on my then kept Jahan Dotson on my mm-hmm. on my roster. And I'm not typically – there's some leagues where I'll roster two defenses, but, like, a defense is playing like that. Give me the value of that over somebody like a Dotson who is who put up zero points. He got one target last week and failed to bring it in. So, like, he's giving you a zero. Get, get him out of here. Yeah. He's gone. Um, so, in, a, in, in one of my leagues, it's actually my home league. It's a 10-team league, but we only have five bench spots. I'm holding Dallas this week. On my bench, and and I had to make a tough decision. I actually cut JSN because, well, Roshan Johnson is also out with the concussion, so I had some tough decisions. But I I decided to cut JSN over the Dallas Cowboys defense. Hopefully, I don't regret that. They obviously haven't looked as good since Diggs was out, but um, yeah. So this is Kate. Okay, this is what are your thoughts on on Jen's lineup here? So she's she started Calvin Ridley. Unfortunately, she's starting Chris Godwin. She has Zay Flowers in the flex and Christian Watson on the bench. I think that's the right play, Jen. Yep. Uh, yeah, week. I think you got it right. Yeah, yep, no, absolutely. I, I absolutely love Flowers this week. Wherever I have to say Flowers, I'm starting him this week. You have to. He's He's got just way too good of a matchup. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit nasty, a little bit dirty. This is a player that I don't particularly think is very good. He's a big body, and that's basically it. Um, and this is going to be all contingent on his, on his backfield mate sitting once again this week. But A.J. Dillon, yes, we're going back to that Green Bay-Denver game, Mike. A.J. Dillon going up against Denver. If and only if Aaron Jones sits, am I comfortable starting AJ Dillon? Which again, it looks like he is going to sit. Here's the reason why. Okay, yes, AJ Dillon is disappointing. Yes, AJ Dillon is probably only on an NFL team because he weighs like 152 pounds, or excuse me, 252 pounds. He's a bowling ball out there, and yes, he's not very good. But Denver is the stone worst team in the league going up against the rush. They have averaging 172 rush yards against on the season at home because it is being played in Denver. It's 139, so not quite as impressive, but still they give up rush yards. In general, I guess we're just playing all of our Denver Broncos and our Green Bay Packers this week. Is that is that what we've come to, the conclusion on, Mike? Uh, 
I'm I got a I have a personally have a decision to make between like Jonathan Taylor and Cortland Sutton. I'm probably hedging Taylor just because I'm worried that Sutton's what's that? Yeah, I'm worried that, go that uh, Sutton's yeah, Sutton's gonna see a lot of Jair Alexander. Now <laughs> it seems though that Sutton is the one that Russ Wilson looks for in the end zone. So there's always yeah. a chance that he's going to catch that touchdown. But I just think from a production sample, and I think we're, I think this is the week where the indie backfield flips and it goes from Zach Moss to Jonathan Taylor. I think you see Taylor take two thirds. I think, um, I think Moss drops down to one third. It's not a great matchup. Oh no, no, it's not a great matchup against Cleveland. So temper your expectations. But I think that, Taylor gives you the the receiving upside out of the backfield, and he also gives you the touch the bigger touchdown potential. So, yeah, I, I think everybody in that game in that uh, Denver, everybody in that Denver Green Bay game, with the exception of maybe Cortland Sutton. Yeah, I mean, so last week was the second week that JT played, and first week we were a little bit reluctant. Last week we said, okay, play Jonathan Taylor. Um, maybe temper your expectations on Zach Moss. Zach Moss had another fantastic week, so I worried about the fact that. Moss is just playing too well to take him off of the field. But just like Josh Jacobs had a slow start to the season, Mike, I, I feel like JT, they need to ramp him up. And you cannot, you're never going to be able to tell me an argument that says Zach Moss is a better football player than Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is one of the best football players in the league. That's why he's getting paid as such. But yeah, I I, th I think you got to lean JT there. Unfortunately, it's 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 too unpredictable with, with Cortland Sutton. Yep, I mean both of them had lackluster games last week. Um, Moss outscored him slightly, but Taylor did it in the passing game. So I yep. think that yeah uh, yeah it it's ugly back there. I think if you have both of them, you're holding both of them, and you may end up in a situation where you can pay play both of them week in and week out. But yeah, it's, I think it's it's got to go Taylor. All right, let's uh, let's talk about some of our just you know quick and dirty if you're in a pinch types of players or honorable mentions or shout outs that we need to talk about. Is there anybody that you want to talk about quickly that we have not yet talked about, Mike? Uh, one guy I want to talk about quickly, uh, Tutu Atwell. So you in that in that LA Rams game, obviously you're starting Puka, you're starting uh, Cooper Cup, but the strength of that the strength of the Pittsburgh defense is their front seven. TJ Watt is back off the injury report, so he's going to play. The backfield is an absolute mess for the Rams, so I don't think that the run game is going to do a ton. So I think if you're in a in a tough spot with buys and injuries, you can throw Atwell in there. Do you get? Four for 60, six for 40, maybe maybe a coin flip for a touchdown. Does he get you eight to 11 points in your flex spot? I think that's absolutely within the within the range of outcomes. And I, I think you could do a lot worse than that this week. Yeah, it's it's going to be nasty. Um, so just some honorable mentions. It, I, I don't even know who to choose. Like Even the beer reporters don't know who to choose with the Rams backfield. Probably Daryl Henderson would be the play. I would say if he had to choose out of those guys, but Zach Evans, Daryl Henderson, um, one of those guys is probably going to have a pretty decent game this week, so I, I don't mind that backfield situation. Um, see, if CMC sits, who would you rather play, Elijah Mitchell or Jordan Mason? Jordan Mason, I think. Yeah. I, I, just a feeling that I get. Like It seems like Shanahan is very hot and cold, and it seems like Jordan mm -hmm. Mason is giving Shanahan what he wants. I mean, we saw it. What would we see it? Week one of either 2020. I think it was week one of 2020 when everybody thought Trey Sermon was going to be a thing. And then all of a sudden it was Elijah Mitchell. So like it's easy to fall in and out of favor with Shanahan and he rolls with yeah. a hot hand. I kind of like Jordan Mason more than I like Eli Mitchell. Yeah, it's too bad because I mean Tyrion Davis Price, like he's just a non a non-starter, which that was a huge disappointment. Um yeah, you look at the usage, uh, both Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason are running similar routes in the season. Granted, again, like Jordan Mason on the season, 11% snap share, Elijah Mitchell 12%. So these numbers are such small that you just you can't really base anything on it. But Jordan Mason, 7% route run, um, and Elijah Mitchell, 10%. So it's 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 honestly, it's roll the dice and hope for the best with that situation. Uh, uh this is a player that you're absolutely starting, especially in this bye week situation. But if you're in a position where you're trying to decide if you want to start Marquise Brown, you have to start him. He is just an absolute monster. Um, he's getting an insane target share on the season. He is, and, and versus Seattle, Arizona is an 8.5 point underdog. Um, but 
they are also allowing the most fantasy points per game to the wide receiver. So love Marquise Brown this week. And then JSN, man, assuming DK Metcalf sits, which it's kind of what we talked about with JSN all season, right? I mean, from the from a pure prospect standpoint, he was my favorite prospect this season. I had him ranked as a top wide receiver off the board if in your rookie drafts. But we haven't seen a production this year, and that's because Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are both fantastic wide receivers. DK Metcalf right now, he is questionable with the hip injury. Uh, Brandon Brandon Adams is is, is pretty uh, convinced that he's going to play because DK Metcalf is a dog. But then if the you know, off chance he does not play, JSN I think is a great streamer this week. Yep, I love it. Um, staying in that Arizona game, that Arizona-Seattle yep. game, I also think that you can play Michael Wilson in the flex if you have to. Um, yeah. Against man coverage, he's one target, zero catches. Nobody plays zone at a higher rate than Seattle does. So Wilson doesn't separate, but he finds pockets in zone. So obviously we're starting Hollywood Brown. Um, I've never been a huge Hollywood Brown stand, but he's 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 showing out and somebody has to catch a ball on that offense. I think if you if you're in a tough spot, again, like what we were talking about with Tutu Atwell, if you're in a tough spot, you can you can put Wilson in and not as you're building your lineups, especially in these tough weeks, you're putting it in and you're like, all right, this guy's going to get me 11. This guy's 15, this guy, two to three. I think you can expect a little bit more out of Wilson. I think you can be comfortably in the, in the eight to 11 point range with him and hope for a touchdown. Yeah. Well, I mean, so on the season, Marcus Brown has got a 29% target share, 26% targets per route run, which is fantastic. The next highest, you got Michael Wilson at 13% target share and 13% targets per route run. But what we like is that even though he's got a pretty high ADOT, so average of the target of 15.87 yards, Mike, he's got an 87% catchable target rate. So I don't know what it is. For whatever reason, Dubs seems to have a good connection with Michael Wilson. And the Michael Wilson play, you're, you're going to be, you're banking on the touchdown, I'd say, right? Because the volume's going to go through Marquise Brown. Yep. But Michael Wilson, uh, what about Rondell Moore, man? Rondell Moore has had moments. He had one week where he put up 16 points, which is okay. It's probably, you know, like a, a high end flex type score. Any consideration with Rondell Moore if you like Michael Wilson? Now I like Michael Wilson. I know that I catch a lot of shit for this being a sizist, but like if you look at Rondell Moore's size profile, nobody has funny. succeeded long term in the NFL at his he's 5'7, 180 on a good day. Yeah. No yeah. one Where's... no one has succeeded with that with that with that size profile. He's super athletic. He's quick twitch. He's super athletic. He's strong. He showed out in college, but it just it does it doesn't translate. So the knock on Wilson, the reason Wilson fell was for injury reasons. Um his you know, coming out of college, he was he could catch anything. He was a solid route runner, huge catch radius. Um, but it was an injury thing. So I think what he felt at the fifth round because of the injuries. Um, so I uh, give me Wilson over. Give me Wilson over more. Yeah, uh, Michael Wilson was round three pick. He was picked ninety four overall. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah. No, and and just coming from Stanford, like that's that's pretty solid. And just from you know from a size perspective, uh, in comparison to Rondell, he's six foot two, two hundred thirteen pounds. So Michael Wilson is is that alpha on the outside. With, with Marquise Brown. So um, that's pretty much all I got, Mike. I mean, it's going to be a very, very interesting week this week. I, I think that the Sunday night game, that is one everybody's going to want to tune into. I guarantee the NFL is loving it because it's going to be a ratings bonanza. Uh, two five and one teams going up against each other. You are a biased Eagles fan. So let's just preface it by saying that. But who do you think is going to win this game? Eagles are the favorite by, by a field goal. I don't know. I, I honestly think it's going to be a really, really close game. It's going to come down to whether or not Jalen Carter plays for the Eagles and they can contain that run game. If they can contain the run game, the Miami run game, they got yeah. a shot. Um, so if you get Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter and Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox all playing, you're in a good spot. Nakobe Dean is back. Nakobe Dean played last week. He's back again for the Eagles. Um, you just got to hope that you can scheme – you can scheme to contain Hill and Waddle. Um, the weakness of the Eagles secondary is their slot corner. So if there, if anybody's going to pop, I think Waddle's going to pop. Um, you're probably going to see yeah. either, either it doesn't really matter, Slay or, Bla Slay or Bradbury on Hill. Um, I just think it's going to be a really exciting game. And I think, I think, the, the the three points the Eagles are getting is because it's home field. It's at it's at Philadelphia and it's the Kelly Green jersey re re, re reveal. So there's going to be a lot of hype. Um, 
hopefully the Phillies win tonight and Philadelphia is just out of its mind. Um, but <laughs> that said, I, I think it's going to be a really, really good game. Um, truth told, I probably won't watch the game because of mm. the, because it's going to be such an emotional roller coaster. Um, it's just up and the down, the up and the down, both from a fantasy standpoint and from a fan standpoint. So I'm hoping for a good game. I hope the Eagles come out. It won't surprise me to see the Miami Dolphins, if the Miami Dolphins win, though, honestly. They're such a good team. Two is such a good quarterback. And as much as Sirianni's a player's coach, man, McDaniel's a player's coach, too. Did you see when he was at the podium defending defending Tua? The the reporter, the beat reporters are trying to say that anybody could run, any quarterback could run this offense and be successful. And McDaniel just had his back. So you you gotta love that. Uh, those guys love playing for him. He's got they got something special going on down there. So it's a coin flip. It really is a coin flip. Talking about elite usage, listen, spoiler alert, Tyreek Hill's a really good wide receiver. He's probably the best wide receiver in the game right now. He is a 35% targets per route run. That is an insane, insane clip. Um, last starts the question. We got help Jen out here. This one's pretty easy for me. So she lost Richardson. That is devastating. Um, Desmond Ritter or Jordan Love? Hands down, Jordan Love. Which one's a real NFL professional quarterback? Well, a realer. I think Jordan Love's got to yeah. be the play here. Yeah. Yep. Right. And this is if if Jordan Love is going to do it, this is the week that he has to do it. He has to do yeah. it this week. Yeah. He's got to put it together. Um, he hasn't looked sharp, but he's had his moments. So let, let, let's go with Jordan Love. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let us know how you do this week. It is a an interesting week for sure. Um, hopefully you were a planner and you started picking up some of these players to cover for your bye weeks last week, like we suggested. Good luck out there dfsarmy.com go check it out if you like to play this sweet beautiful game that is dfs go check it out of course our sister station or parent station the dfs army um dfs show channel go check that out we got content galore if you like what you're talking about here this is of course the the the, the, um, season long fantasy focus show give us a like give us a follow we love your comments. The comments are what help drive the algorithm to our page. So if you don't want to go to DFSArmor.com, you don't want to pay for a VIP membership, that's cool. We get it. Money can be tight. Just give us a like and a follow and throw in a comment. That helps us a ton, and we would very much appreciate it. So thank you. For Mike, I'm Flex Sheen, and we are the DFS Army Fantasy Football Show. Good luck in week number seven. Knowing that, no, down in my teeth, I got a lot of shine.